Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Today's Dharma talk is titled, Receive Sense Objects. Receive, receive, taste, touch, thinking, sight, smell, sounds, receive them. This is basically just shikantaza. It's just, just precisely this. It may show up in any one of these or all of them at once or two of them or three as you're as being conscious of how your clothes feel or how your uh, the sounds in the room that you're in. So the idea here is to keep it very, very simple. When, when I'm saying receive sounds, just, just a sound. You can actually receive a sound without exactly knowing what it is. You might immediately start to speculate, but receive that also. Receive the speculation. Correct nothing. Don't correct. Just receive. You can receive thoughts. Just receive the thoughts. And insofar as you can, without stress or without um, some kind of demand or some kind of artificial macho discipline. Don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't do anything with what arises in sense of touch, sense of taste, sense of thinking. Not here, here. So what is arising? What is arising? What is arising? What is arising here? Sound, sight. What is arising? Sound, sight. Smell. Coffee cream. So that's extra. The smell is the primary. That's the primary. That's the primary thing you're supposed to receive. And any one of those. Don't speculate on anything. And if you do, then just watch the speculation. Don't do anything you don't have to do. You've been hearing me say this for years. Have you been around for years? Don't do anything unless you have to. Keep it very radical, very minimal, very simple. And don't complicate anything in order to cover up the fear that you're not living up to what you think you should be or what others, others think you should be, including your society. Complicate nothing. Just receive it. Just keep it very simple. Sit down in front of the wall, sit symmetrical, <coughs> and whatever shows up, that's it. Whatever shows up, that's it. Whatever shows up, that's it. Whatever shows up, feel it, feel it. Feel, feel this. Don't, don't torture yourself, but feel it. Feel, feel that. Smell that, taste that, touch that, think that. Keep it very simple. If you line them up that way, they're just like fingers. It's just they're all, they're a little bit different, but they're all doing something very simple, similar. They are receiving the objects which come towards that particular consci consciousness through that particular organ. I don't need to break that down for you. It's like somebody in the second grade can tell you about that. But someone in the second grade may be totally confused by what's happening there. So basically, we're right back to the 108 meditations or shikantaza or just receive, just receive, just receive this. If you, com if you completely, thoroughly, and specifically receive then you won't know exactly what that is. You might, you have, a, you have a familiarity with it, but you may not know fundamentally what it is because you're using some kind of a reference point. From the point of view of wisdom, you know what everything is. You're not confused about anything. Even confusing, confusion is not confusing. 
this is the way we train ourselves. Sit down, hold still, just receive. And you can pick out these senses. So we have the alternating sense awareness practice, which is, I think, the first talk in the back of that 108 meditations that we've been studying. So you can pick one of those or two of those, alternate, and that will help you see that that the very nature of that which is even talking about alternating, the very nature of that which is uh, which is has a kind of identity that is receiving smell or receiving sound and receiving touch, sense of touch, sense of sound, sense of touch, sense of gravity, sense of clothing. So I don't particularly teach a post-meditation out mowing the lawn or going for a walk uh, where you try to uh, maintain some kind of awareness. You don't really teach that as some kind of a maintenance, but you can just flash on that very that, uh, fundamental simplicity of what it feels like to shift your weight from one foot to the other. Don't maintain it. Just, just flash on that. No maintenance is necessary. So by doing this, the difficulty that we have in our mind stream that is triggered by uh, passion, aggression, ignorance, jealousy, hope and fear, and all the other things that are wandering around in the mind stream, giving us a hard time, are being triggered by this and shut down by that, and all the elaborations that we could, each one of us could go through because of what we've dealt with in the last five hours, 10 hours, 24 hours, that all this and this and this gets lighter and it gets harder. And then it gets lighter, then it gets harder, comes and goes. Just watch it come and go rather than do something with it. Don't add, subtract, or divide. Do no math at all unless it's time to add something up. And then it's situational. Then, of course, do all the math that's necessary. The rest of the time, just receive. Receive those objects. Each person may need to do this in a different way, depending on the, the way you're the way you're wiring, sometimes I say the way you're avoiding who you are shows up. Not because I am so brilliant, so insightful, so intuitive about anything or anybody, including myself, but because I am on receive all the time. Anytime I talk to anyone, I see what it is you're trying to avoid. It's very clear. But that doesn't give me necessarily permission to point that out to you. It may not be helpful to even go that direction. It might cause you to seal up and secure yourself even tighter because you feel threatened. My job is to threaten you. It's my job is to, if you're on this path, if you're on the spiritual path and you want to find out what this is, what reality is in the midst of this chaotic samsara, this chaotic world, and you can see, watch the news for 20 minutes, any, any news channel. They're all, all crazy. And they're doing the best they can with what, what they were brought up in, what they were taught, what they were, what the particular fear that they're dealing with, with has driven them into the various kinds of ego hideouts. But that doesn't mean I'm going to deliberately look at you and think, how can I scare you? How can I make you uncomfortable? How can I? I don't have to do that. You do it. You, you do it to yourself. I just don't interfere with it. There's something about it that's interesting. I know there was something about both of my teachers that magnetized me. At the same time, I was afraid in different ways in each one. But I, I could not turn away from that. I needed to go that direction. I needed to find out what this situation is. And how did I find that out? Awareness, not particularly thinking about or analyzing. Maybe it may have been some of that, but it's the awareness that begins to receive what this is. So you practice on your sense object. You practice smell, taste, touch, feeling, thinking. Just, just receive that. Be, keep it as radical or as minimal as possible. Just the leading edge of the thought, not 
the development necessarily, unless that happens and then receive that. A lot of room for questions here if you have them. Is, um, I was thinking about uh, perception and how sometimes you call it perception impulse. Does receiving happen before that? Not sure what the question is, but receiving the attitude of receiving whatever is showing up, that is there. There's, a, there's an attitude that we, we, you could say we develop that through sitting meditation. We sit down, not with the idea of doing anything other than just, just trying to see what this is. And it takes a long time. So when something shows up, we perceive, we look at the wall, we perceive the crack in the wall here and the bumps here. Or we perceive uh, the feeling of our, our um, uh, of sitting on the cushion, how that feels, how our clothes feel. Maybe the sound of someone moving uh, uh, next to us. So there's a perception. And then the impulse part comes from trying, doing something with that. So the perception comes up, and then we, <clears throat> we join it with an idea. We, well, that must mean, well, that's this or that's that. We rotate away from that by treating it as something that means something else rather than seeing what it is fundamentally, what it is fundamentally, what thoughts are fundamentally. Gyokuro bowing then is, is receiving the same as perception? Get, getting into splitting hairs a little bit, but yes, your, the, the, the recommendation is just receive, just observe, just receive. But then the perception part, is that what you're asking about? The perception part gets a little bit more, um, uh, that shows up more as something perceived and someone perceiving. So, yes, more. I'm just wondering if um, slowing down is what allows that to, to not jump into doing something with it? Yes. Slowing down. Shoka. Shoka Bhang, what is threatening about receiving something in the sense field? So it may be difficult to point out uh, some, something specific, but since the, all of the senses are, seem, are separated, when we think sense of sound has nothing to do with the sense of taste, but it's not exactly as separate as it looks to the thinking mind or the, to the mind that is coming up with uh, figuring things out. So that whole dynamic uh, has, a, has a quality of, of just not being separate. They're separated into, into the sense fields and into the sense objects, but the fundamental situation is they're not separate. So that beginning to receive that, we realize that we're, we're starting to expose ourselves to some kind of threat of otherness, something uh, hidden, is where paranoia starts to arise in our gut, in how this feels, rather than thinking about it necessarily. It's like something is wrong, something is, I need to protect myself. Though it may not, may not happen in the sense of sound, uh, or it may, it may show up in that way, it may show up probably isn't going to show up in the sense of taste because the intimacy of that has its own specific object, something that you're tasting. But it's still uh, still nerve endings in that area. Shokubai, the example that I'm thinking of is uh, like when Takoro is here working um, on some of the building projects. Um, there are sounds of tools, and even though the, the tools themselves might not be, there's some, some kind of a, a palliative of naming what the tool is and what that's doing, even if it doesn't seem to be threatening. So how, how can I receive that, or how can I? Be aware of when you hear something, how you will leave what you're hearing to give it a name. 
at the drill, or that's the Milwaukee, or that's the, the, the Ryobi, or maybe you might go to the name of the tool or the brand name, or you might go to an, an image of someone using that or yourself using that. You might leave what is showing up, what is showing up for some elseness, some other situation, bringing up a memory of the last time you used that or where that's stored at. Or why doesn't Taco Bell put his tools away when he's done? But that probably would apply more to Shoto than anybody. <laughs> Shoto? Come on. just having difficulty understanding what is threatening about that when it's obvious that I'm not being threatened. That's that's the awareness that you're not being there's something threatening, but you're not being threatened. So your clarity, there's clarity about the threat that you don't know why you're threatened. But there's clarity about that. You're clear that there's really nothing threatening, but yet you're threatened. So those those start to come together. And, and they come together as long as there's some kind of separation. You have to continue to look at the separations without doing anything with them, without adding more to the separation or trying to make everything come together. And so we're all one, that kind of uh, artificiality, sometimes uh, looked at as eternalism or some kind of idealism. But just look at the separation as it is. More. This is a question from Semi. Okay. Is all the extra stuff we put on top of our senses just karma playing out? Sure. It is. The way I hear you ask the question, I would say yes, it is. More room for questions behind that or under that or over that. But yes, we're... Our way of doing that is cause and effect, is karma. Some some people, uh, three people, uh, all in a, a very similar situation, will all respond differently depending on on their karma, on the causes and conditions that even arise as uh, as an experience for that person or this person or that person. Some people are not not afraid of the dark. Some people are. How do we receive our grasping if it's the grasping that prevents our awareness? Again, just look at it. Don't fix anything. Don't necessarily try to, there are some teachings that will tell you, give you ways of, you know, changing your functioning or changing your experience in some way. Not against that. Do whatever you want to do. But the way I talk about it is just look at it. Just just observe. Just receive whatever that grasping is. So watch the grasping. Is that what you're asking about? Just look at the grasping. That's It's difficult because the ego, the self-centered aspect of the consciousness, uh, doesn't want to grasp or might be in a situation where, well, it's okay for me to grasp, but I really need that. That needs to, I deserve that. Why is that happening for me? I, I'm not getting that. These people are getting that. That person's getting something I'm not getting, and I'm not included. So we, you know, it's about being aware of that, not changing it so that you're, so that you're no longer are, say, jealous of that person. More. Maybe coming out of not feeling like I'm getting a very clear view of it. That. I only notice after the fact that I've been grasping, but rarely as it's occurring. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'm wondering how to see it as it's arising. Just continue. Continue, return to the cushion, return to the teaching, whatever, whatever is going to support you. You're sewn a robe, you're going to be ordained as a monk. Not for everyone, not even receiving Jukai or lay precepts, not for everyone, not recommending that to anyone, but it's a, might be something you might have to do, something you're doing, 
So just anything you can do to bring yourself back to these ancient teachings that are saying everything is dependently risen. There's no singularity anywhere. That is an illusion. It is vividly unreal and emptiness, yet there's still form. Yet there's still direction. Yet there's still apparent separation. It's unreal. Unreal and emptiness. What, what the hell does that mean? You can't even run that through your food processor brain and come up with some kind of, oh, well, I can paraphrase that, no problem. Things are not clear. That is the clarity. You don't have to rotate away from what is arising in your mind stream because it is difficult or sickening or painful into something else. That also is not saying, I'm not saying, don't maintain the difficulty or the suffering. Don't do anything with it. Just feel it. We're feeling through all of the sense fields. We feel through sense of seeing. We feel through sense of touch, obviously. We feel through hearing. There's a tremendous um, feeling that arises through the way sounds are arranged. Music is a, probably the best example of that. But also a person's voice. How a person's voice raises or lowers as they're expressing themselves. And the movement of someone's hand as they're talking. And the way how some people, you watch some uh, people, uh, news reporters who hardly move at all, they hold very still as they're giving the news. And other ones are going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, D, W, X, Y, Z. And the other person's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N. Did I get them all right? I always forget that one letter in the middle. You know which one I mean? Oh, you can't remember it either. I accuse you of nothing. So it's the, the feelings of feelings show up in, in everything, in every every place. They're, they're not separate from it. You don't have to do anything with it other than just receive it. If you receive it, it will it will reveal it. It will reveal itself to you. Just takes time. If you've been spending the last three hundred lifetimes avoiding who you are and buying into some other kind of idea, some structure, other than this. When I say this, I mean you, other than who you are, what this is. You do it. The Buddha realized his true nature, and this is what this path is about. Realizing your true nature, not separate from anything. Not the same as everything. Nicole. <clears throat> Nicole Bowings. If you're already caught up in the grasping, is there a way to kind of relax within it? Maybe, but I would just look at how uptight you are. Be aware of how that's that's more that is more difficult and more uh, challenging to ego than coming up with a solution so you feel better. That's why the Buddha didn't wasn't bullshitting when he said life is suffering. It's the truth. It's just the truth. It's not nihilism, negativity. It's just true. We spend so much time avoiding that in our lives rather than going and looking, looking at the stress, the difficulty, the challenge of our lives, the challenge of our uh, the mental uh, apparatus that keeps throwing up all kinds of propaganda about this and about that and about this and about that. Just be aware of that. Warren, good question. Here's a comment and another question from Semi. I want to do book study with the Sangha when I am graduated, exclamation point. Question is, does our karma keep us separate? Well, karma just means, in Sanskrit, it means action. So this is here, that goes there, this moves here, and this thing shift around. And so, yes, I'd say it does. But you don't have to do anything with it other than just observe it. You don't have to change your karma into something else. Whatever shows up, that's that is what's what needs to happen. It's a dependent origination. Fundamentally, nothing happens. Sure, the hell looks like it though, and it will continue to look like it. And it doesn't have to stop looking like it. You just have to see that it's unreal. It's unreal. 
Did I say that already? It's unreal. It's solid. It hurts. It's painful. It's a nightmare, but it's unreal. Vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still a form. Realize that. You don't need to become a Buddhist. That's just a way of doing this. It's a raft that was built 2,500 years ago and has kept been, been refurbished, rebuilt, realigned, redecked. More sails, more motors, more, 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 more. Trying to get this to support individuals who are suffering in this world to have a way of working with their mind that is not about some kind of a cult or some kind of cult of anything, personality or anything else. Deb Bowing. Deb. Good morning. Um, if our karma keeps us separate, how can I experience non-duality or not separate? It's, it's in the separation. But it's in the separation by not accepting it. Don't accept it. By not rejecting it. Don't go to war with anything. And by not distracting yourself from it going in another direction, changing the subject, any, any kind of, any manipulation, just receive. And the way we do this in a radical way, in a minimalist way, is to sit down and hold still and look at the basis of the consciousness. It won't show up right away. For a long time, it'll just be endless chatter about this and about that, more than likely. Watch it anyway. And no maintenance return. The idea here, the way it is shown up to me over several decades is it's important to return to it, not maintain it. You maintain it, you start to set up a structure whereby you become a great meditator. Not wrong, it's fine. It's just that it, it's another identity that will keep you from seeing your true nature, which is empty of a self, empty of an other. And to the ego mind, it is devastating. And the path leading to that, it can be frightening in so many different ways. I say, don't do anything unless you have to. If you don't have to do this, do something else. But if you need to do this, I'm, I will help you as much as I can without interfering with you. Thank you, Deb Bowen. Certainly. Question from Jeremy. I think I understand finding clarity with receiving sense objects, but is there a concentration piece to chicken taser? Chicken taser? <laughs> Depends on the size of the chicken and the power behind the taser. Go get smart with me, Jeremy. I'll have Sammy kick you. He's probably sitting right there. Next question. <laughs> I think I understand finding clarity with receiving sense objects, but is there a concentration piece? No. No concentration. Unless some kind of concentration comes up spontaneously, you might be sitting and you might you might notice that you have an ache in your knee or something. And rather than move right away, you might just look at that, that ache and notice you might be aware that it's it's getting stronger in a discomfort, or you might notice that it's kind of shifting and going down over your kneecap a little bit, your shin bone. So there might be some kind of uh, spontaneous situational concentration going to that area, just like like sensing that your some kind of fear is arising in your mind stream, and you're not sure what it's about or who it's about, or uh, some other kind of story arising where suddenly you're concentrating on the story about how somebody mistreated you and won't give you credit for this or that. And just some kind of a drawing down as you're sitting there. It sometimes has been interesting for me as a meditation teacher to just watch people sitting down here in the days when I used to come in here and sit more. Um, Watch the expression on their face change as they are having different kinds of experiences in their mind stream, including falling asleep. The one that has the most interesting experiences is Shoka. He's already having an experience by grinning. 
Shoka will sit. You don't mind if I make fun of you a little bit? Okay. It's not going to be that much fun, but <laughs> Shoka will be sitting. And Shoka's done hundreds and hundreds of hours of sitting meditation, so he's has some experience. But Shoka would sometimes be sitting and then go. And I always wondered, is, is he passing gas? <laughs> no. My apologies. Further questions about any direction you want to go? Again? There's many. Okay. Ken from NY. Regarding the just of just receive, how much say so is there of that happening? Very good. Very good. That would vary, but we, we need, and we need to start somewhere. So let's start with just receive. Just makes it just, we're going to keep it very simple. We're just going to receive. You can say receive, you could say just receive. And then uh, a lot of that practice uh, seems to be noticing how much you can't do that. You sit down with the attitude to just receive, and then you, you notice that your mind starts to get flooded with what somebody said to you in the kitchen 20 minutes ago and how and the tone of their voice and what they were indicating, excuse me, indicating what they were complaining about, uh, overjoyed about, it doesn't matter what, what direction, but just the otherness of it, reestablishing through stories. We believe our stories. We rehearse, we go back, and we go over and over and over about the story that reinforce, reinforces our position on anything, how bad I've been treated. How good I've been treated, how great I have it here at the monastery, or how terrible this is at the monastery, and I can't figure out how to get out of here because I don't want to hurt Sogazan's feelings. Anybody doing that? <laughs> so you guys don't care about how I feel then. So and then we do this. It's a little silly, but we do. We can we constantly make up stuff about stuff so that it provides us of insulation. Uh, so we can't see our true nature and we'll do anything. We'll torture ourselves. We'll feel wrong. We've, we're not worth anything. We can't, we're not good meditators. We're, we're not devoted students or anything we can do to, to reify and strengthen that feeling of negativity, that suffering that is happening to someone that is fundamentally unreal. We need to see it. And I'll say it very as simply as I can. And please give me some questions. Give me 15 questions about this. What arises in the mind stream? Jealousy, sadness, suffering, discontent, happiness, delight. Everything that arises in the mind stream is dependently arisen. You didn't do any of that. There isn't anyone. It does not happen to a self. It happens in the mind stream because it's dependently arisen, just as dependently arisen as uh, an oak leaf is, or spider mites. It's just as it's just dependently arisen. This body mind complex is dependently arisen. This is an illusion from the point of view of ultimate reality. You can realize that now, while consciousness is showing up in the six sense fields with the six sense objects. You can realize it. And I, I could say, if I thought it would help, and I'll say it anyway, even though it's not correct, there's something missing in what I'm about to say. Here it goes. If I can realize this, you can realize this. That's incorrect. Because I haven't realized anything. And neither will you. That is your realization. Find it. Don't settle for anybody's idea, including mine. You find it. I'll help you like this. Keep sitting, keep practicing, return to the wall, return to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, return to the teacher, the teaching, and the community, a powerful structure that will help you, help me, help us, because there's strong communication, cooperation, collaboration. We communicate with each other. We don't go to right and wrong or correct and incorrect. If that shows up, we just look at it. 
We don't second any motions. That's, is that Robert's rule? Robert's rules of order? Is it Robert? Robert's rules of order that says we have to, will somebody second the motion? Nobody's going to help me there. That's what it is. Okay, good. <coughs> but then don't second the motion. Don't second any motion. Just first thought, best thought, as Trump or Mitchell would say. Just his way of saying whatever shows up, that's probably, that might not be the ultimate truth, but that might be oh, the only hitching post you need is whatever this, whatever is showing up. Not how crappy it feels. That's leaving what, sh what is showing up for how you feel about it. Dependently risen. No self in this context. Form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness does not add up to somebody. Looks like it, though. Other questions? What? Semi asks, what hurts if it is unreal? How do we receive that? Well, so the what is, is uh, what we go to since we need somebody who's having that feeling. Oh, and there isn't anyone. The whole network, you could say, to the whole display of nerve endings and everything that's happening with an organism. It looks like there's some identity there somewhere. And one of the recommendations is look at the skandhas. Form, feeling, perception, concept, the thinking process, and consciousness of the six sense fields and their objects, which we've been talking about. Do not add up to somebody. There's no somebody there. And so what, what was the question? What hurts? What hurts if it is unreal? Yeah. Just, just uh, suffering hurts. Just the pain hurt, hurts. There's no one who's hurt. And uh, a way that I would use the idea of unreal is just like if you have a a really um, extreme nightmare and you wake up and it's gone. While it was happening, it was real. The one I often use myself because it's of all the sense fields, uh, the, one of the uh, sense of uh, taste is extremely intimate. I can taste something. Uh, I can say, I'm eating a uh, guava. It tastes like this, but there's no way you can describe the taste of a guava. I only mention that because that's, not everyone has tasted that, but it's a very, and even from one guava to the next, they don't all taste alike. Not that I've tasted all 450 varieties, but it's a very specific taste. You can't tell anybody what that is because it's that intimate. So where I'm going with that is I uh, had a, a dream. I was in a dream once. This has been many years ago, and I've used this example over and over again because it, it, it was so powerful for me at that, when it happened. I dreamt that a fly was, that I was sleeping. <coughs> or a dream that you were sleeping? No. Sleeping and a fly is, and the fly goes into my mouth and I bit down on it. It was so horribly sour, bitter. It just was terrible tasting. And I woke up and there was no aftertaste. I knew it was a dream taste, but it was extremely bitter. This is what we're caught up in here, my friends and my enemies and other neutral people. This is what we're caught up in this incredible il illusion that we reinforce by with our relationships to each other. I'm sure you've noticed. That's why people go to mountaintops and seal themselves off from everything. Socially distance, socially distancing is what monks have been doing for centuries. Not here, no. We're going to we're going to do it socially shrinkage. Yes, you're going to be right in everybody else's face. Go ahead, Shokabang. If we see what's arising in the mind stream as vividly unreal, will we have that kind of an understanding? Like when you woke up, where that that you can remember that, but it's just not there. It just becomes a, an example of that, rather than that suddenly now that you've seen that. You understand everything. Everything makes sense. It was just a particular example. It was extreme because it was so definitely real. I tasted it, and it was an illusion. And it was a, 
I use that because it's such a contrast of one second you have this intense illusion that you're eating something and tasting very, very bitter and it's taste. It's not uh, something you're seeing a ghost or you're seeing uh, uh, something in a dream or hearing something, you're actually tasting it. So and then to wake up from that and see that that was, was a dream. That's what this is, a dream. Sure. I think you alluded to the sense fields not being as separate as they seem. Is there a more fundamental experience than a sense field? I think the fundamental experience is, uh, is that is unreal, as those are all unreal, is a sense of self, a sense that there is someone, the seventh consciousness, that area of the mind that has sealed itself off and is paranoid and is worried about everything and everybody taking it over. And if you realize that that is an illusion, it may go away, it may not. You won't care what it does. I often say it's like uh, it's like a clown on the roof. It's still there, still has a big red nose, still is up to various kinds of antics, but it's on the roof. It's not in your living room, so it's it's there, but it doesn't have the it does not have the uh, the credentials to participate at the evening meal particularly, or the noon meal. Yeah, Maureen, um, when those emotions, um, a strong emotion comes up, um, what, it, what is the responsibility? Just receive it. It's hard. We, we're, we're taking on something, we're receiving that feeling, and we, we are slowly over time just not buying into it. We have to do something with it. We're just uh, the allegiance to the ego and to the self and that I've got to be me or I've got to be free or I've got to go pee-pee. There's something that we've got to do something else instead of just eat that. It's served to you. It's your meal. Eat it. It's not going to feel particularly good. When you're bowing, so in realizing our true nature, when you say, um, I think a minute ago, like the clown on the roof, it doesn't matter. You don't. You won't care if it's there or not. You go. You don't. You, you finally see that your imaginary self that at one time was threatened or was felt like it was getting hit or falling behind or was going to die or was going to continue to maybe live or any kind of anything about that fame and fortune and all that go ahead when you're bowing but are you also saying that does not relieve us of our uh existence as a this in this human form we're still going to experience or feel those intense emotions probably there again, that's dependent on the reason. So we, we don't know they could back off, but you, you, you're not keeping score of anything. They could get stronger. We're no longer looking for some kind of proof of something. We actually are looking at what we were looking for. When you're bowing, so is there some attitude you say don't maintain, but is there an attitude that accompanies this realization? Just, just receive. If there's anything left to receive, receive it until there's nothing left to receive. And what is that? What is that saying? That you're not separate from anything. So it doesn't mean it's a it's a graduated thing where you slowly receive everything until you're just you're right in your last few last few receptions. You're receiving the uh, the, the what is that that planet system Beetlejuice or something like that or don't have any. Astrologers here. I'm just saying you'll receive it until finally you finally got the last thing that you felt separate from and you receive that. So it's the attitude of receiving that eventually there's nothing to receive. It's not some kind of magical whoop de doo feeling. And when it says not to, it means that you both realized and you have not realized. So therefore, uh, some of the sutras, the diamond sutra is very good for 
uh, and so is Dogen. Every word out of Dogen's mouth is saying is and isn't, is is and isn't, and it is, but it isn't, over and over again. Jessica Bonnie, how does suffering show up if it's not received as otherness? Just hurts. It's just painful, but it, but it's seen in its entirety. It's not. It's not something that's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. But anything you fight with will fight back and prove it's somebody, something going somewhere. You don't do anything with it. Um, I think you just said suffering isn't necessarily wrong or isn't to be corrected. How do you work with that without going to nihilism? Just don't go to nihilism. Don't, don't abandon anything that's showing up or what it's about or who did it or who's to blame or this is nihilism or this is eternalism or this don't take, take no position on anything. It's ordinary and it's vast and unending at the same time. And it's, even the word time is extra. It's not even at the same time. Because that's assuming there is a, such a thing as time. And we need to use words a little bit. Kosa? It seems like um, our senses are already oriented towards what is familiar. Like there's selective attention without even intending it. How can we receive without being limited by what is remembered as familiar? What's the problem you're having with that? Can you say more about it? So what I'm asking you. It's like you know that you can't, you know that you're just seeing a part that probably is supporting your own idea about it anyway, before it seems to be colored in and it seems kind of limiting. How can you do anything? How can you receive the? Um, it's impossible to be receive beyond what you remember. So receiving is about the attitude of whatever is showing up. Just appreciate it. And so, and so that is, is the attitude that's, uh, that is actually working with that in a, in a way of appreciating the awareness, appreciating what arises in the awareness rather than objecting, agreeing, shutting down. Those awareness practice, yes. So maybe another way to ask it is that, um, how can we receive without whatever we're oriented to receive, reinforcing that distinction, either here or here? It may do that, be received that too. Don't, without anything to say, how can you do this without that? You don't need that kind of control. And that's a very subtle form of buying into some kind of uh, idealization of what enlightenment would be like. You have no idea what this is like. So maybe to bring it into a practical example of something you mentioned earlier, okay. different news sources. If someone is immersed in a news source that's um, one end of the political spectrum, you know, maybe at one point you saw this view and that view, but you're so immersed in that view that your whole color of the world is different based on that. Mm -hmm. And let's say, for example, we wanted to see what is going on in the world without being stuck in one position, but you realize they're all crazy. We're all crazy. Mm -hmm. So how can you participate without reinforcing bias? What are you doing right now? Um, lately, it seems like checking out a little of it and being cynical about the whole thing. I don't see, I see no problem with that. I, I, what I tell someone who considers himself a student of mine, I say, watch the news, some of it. Don't spend the whole day on it. But even some people need to, might need to look more on the news to feel whatever, 
some kind of connection with everything that's going on. You don't have to go to a mountaintop. But you might have to go to a wall in your bedroom or in your living room or down the hallway or somewhere. Sit down, hold still, and train your mind so that when you get off the cushion and interact with the rest of the world, whether it's on a CNN or wherever it may be, or with your next-door neighbor or with Sangha members, that you're on receive as much as possible. Just receive what, you know, appreciate what people are saying and what they're doing. Not, not easy to do that because at the same time we're doing that, we're having to receive our own re reaction to the world and our reaction to other people and what's happening with them and with their opinions, their ideas, their speculations, their conclusions. They're, you know what I'm saying? Just, just to watch that, just observe that out there and in here. Just don't interfere with anything. It's about awareness, it's not about anything else. Just to follow up on um, that, so if you're walking into a room, are you saying that it, it doesn't really fundamentally matter that you already are going to be sensitive to some things in the room because of your past conditioning? So that initial contact, you're walking into the room, you're going to contact yeah. only things that are familiar to you. Yes, you're just, it's a setup. Even this, you know, it's a setup. Go, go, uh, make it a point. Next time, any of you or anyone else, go to go look in the in the mirror and just pick out some feature you have, your cheeks or the shape of your ear, and say, you know, how much do you have to do with that? You have maybe maybe something, but probably nothing that you can remember. And so it's the same thing when you walk into a room. You have nothing. To, you have no say so about any of that, even though you painted the room. It's your house, and it's your. Uh, uh, your couch that needs uh, to be reupholstered, or it's uh, your, your mother, your your daughter, your whomever sitting on the couch interacting with each other as if we're all real people with real stuff. Untrue. Everything is vividly unreal and emptiness. It's just a way of talking about it that may be helpful, it may be just irritating. How can it be vividly unreal? If something is unreal, it's not vivid, it's blurry. So there's a there's a concept that we have about what about this teaching that actually will prevent you from seeing what it is, fundamentally receiving not only the teaching, but how damn confusing Dogen is when he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Firewood doesn't become ash. The hell it doesn't. All the firewood I've burned becomes ash. <coughs> what the hell is Dogen talking about? He's talking about you need to train your mind because you're going to, the way you buy into that is the same way you're buying into a past and a future. It's unreal. It's not that it's not there. I can remember that an hour ago, uh, about an hour ago, we were just getting out of the car in the parking lot. It's, it's vividly unreal in emptiness. You can't find a past and a future, only through that structure of consciousness where things get stored. It's just uh, it's just the uh, an aspect of the alia, except since it happened an hour ago, we think that that's somehow more real than something that happened uh, fifteen thousand years ago. More. Gilkrobang is a if we really understand dependent origination, is is that realization? If you say it conceptually, you understand. If you deeply understand what that concept is is uh, pointing to or as represents as a concept it represents yeah then and you don't see it because you don't see anything else but this my way of saying it is you don't see anything but yourself you, you see any identity that's left doesn't, isn't just here it's everywhere it's in every person and so that's why it's can be very difficult to be uh, around people who are suffering deeply because you're not separate from that suffering the third noble truth uh, that says suffering ends, it doesn't really end. It just stops being personal. It stops being your suffering, your wonderful suffering mind has been so abused. If you take, if you go into culture, then we have to go back into blaming things. This person hurt that person, abused, and I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying that that's the mundane path of correcting things, fixing things, punishing people, 
and so on. And it's not, it's relatively correct. And we're probably going to need that because the spiritual path, the true spiritual path, fundamental spiritual path is, is without materialism, without any gaining idea is not very available. A question from Cameron. Cameron bowing. After spending some time practicing shikantaza, I've noticed jealousy arising in certain areas that I have not felt before. Am I going too far by labeling that feeling as jealousy? No. Especially if it's brand new. I wouldn't do anything more just just that I, I feel jealous. Oh, that's jealousy I hadn't noticed before. It's very simple. I'm not going too far. Take another question. Hashan Bowing, you just said a true spiritual path is one without gain. Yes. Is it also without past and future? Bowing? Eventually. But it's not something we believe in. The belief situation is uh, very minimal. There might be some of it that I believe if I um, train my mind or if I listen to what this particular teaching or teacher is saying, that maybe I can lighten my load and maybe lighten the loads the load of others to some extent. So there's some materialism has to start out since we're so identified with the body-mind complex as being a living being that we are, that is named George or Jim or if how do we stay on a path without any belief? Uh, if you're if you're on a, a path out of belief, then this is circular. You'll be back. In other words, it'll go round and round. Success, failure, success, failure, success, failure. Whereas if you're on the true spiritual path, then it's not better than any other. It's just that it leads to ultimate reality, which is a uh, there isn't any path. Do you think paths go somewhere? Yes. Okay. Okay, then you understand. Where does this go? That's a question. Oh, um, it seems like it goes to a dead end. Really? What the hell are you doing here? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to work out. <laughs> There's something, there's some quality of the teaching, depending on who it is and who the teacher is and what that person is able to present as, as the teaching, as the Buddha's Dharma, as the awakened truth. Buddha, awakened, Dharma, truth. So something is magnetizing you in some way. So you might not be able to describe that. When you go into descriptions of that, it might, it might go into some kind of relative structure. And we might notice, uh, sometimes it's more often that other people notice what is happening with us if we're on the path, that we tend to listen more. We tend to maybe fight less, or maybe not. Thank you so much. May the merit of this penetrate into all places, so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Please come down out of the light and protect Soko Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Soko Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, 
please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.